like I said, I've always been into training. Um, in fact, inside of UH, you know how there's all the 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 pictures, the right? Records and the records yeah. for weightlifting boards, and uh-huh. that was like my first goal. Okay. I, I I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about football at the time. I just saw I was like, oh, this is cool. I said, I'm gonna get my my <laughs> yeah. face on top every one of those records. <laughs> yes, like that was just my goal. So yep. you know, because the one thing I love about the gym is that the playing field is even mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it don't matter if you're six three don't matter yeah. if you're five five yeah. it don't matter um yeah. whatever ethnicity you are it, it doesn't, doesn't matter count. any of that matters yeah. all it matters is how much time you're willing to put into it mm-hmm. you know and the results will show and that yes. and that's what that's what my mindset is when it comes to the gym and training so mm-hmm. i was like and i'm gonna outwork all you guys and all the guys who had the records and <laughs> i'm gonna get my name and my face on all of them and yeah. Um, by the time I left, I did. You yep. know, I had every record for a quarterback position. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was probably one of the things I'm probably most proud of. Just because it's just, like I said, it's, it has nothing to do with talent. It's just yes. work ethic. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I have another exciting guest and another great episode. I'm so thankful that I get to connect with all of these guests and share their stories. I learn a ton. I hope everyone is learning something from each episode as well. Again, if you're enjoying the episodes, it would really mean a lot to me if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and leave some helpful comments and reviews that you would like to share some of your experiences with some of the information and stories that you're hearing on this podcast. This week's episode, this person needs no introduction. Mighty Mo is here. Bryant Moniz, one of the storied UH quarterbacks, and he's a local product. He graduated from Lelehua High School in 2007. And from there, he went to JUCO and he came back and then he eventually walked on as a non-scholarship player at UH. For all of the UH football fans out there, you are definitely familiar with Brian Moniz. He finished his career with over 10,000 passing yards and 75 touchdowns. And both of those, I still think to this day, are third in school history. So we definitely know the name. And after that, he went on to play arena football. And eventually, he played a few years in the CFL. His story is incredible. And his work ethic, his attitude, his approach to training, and also helping to elevate everyone that's around him. This is a great story for everyone to hear. Talking with him, I mean, it gets me motivated. It gets me pumped. He is doing some great things in the community too, helping to train people and improve people's health and fitness and just get people to move. That's his big message. But listen in, there's so many great things out of this episode. I hope you enjoy it. But without saying any more, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Listen in and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. We have a good special guest this week. And I'd like to welcome, my pleasure to welcome Brian Moniz, the decorated UH quarterback to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. So it's been it's been awesome following you through the years. And actually, 
we haven't seen each other for how many years since 2011 probably almost 10 almost yes. 10 yeah. and that was right when i was starting to get into athletic training as a student so i was still just learning what the profession was about and everything right but we kind of started with uh talking about how you actually took over the uh quarterback job right unfortunately greg alexander suffered his season-ending injury and from there it was just kind of a you were thrown in the fire thrown in the fire yeah. yeah and that was my first memory of meeting you yeah I, I knew you were a local product out of lelehua but i didn't really know your story or anything so before we get into your uh career let's talk about your story growing up being from lelehua how did you play football and all of these kind of things uh growing up i i grew up at the parks literally uh, <laughs> whether whatever sport it was baseball sure. soccer um it was ma- it was mainly baseball and soccer mm-hmm. for a long time i i didn't play football until sixth grade and then um my first year in football and well at first i wanted to play flag football but my dad was like right if you're gonna play football we're gonna play football (laughs) you know you're gonna play tackle so it took me a while to build up that courage but once i did Mm -hmm. um i fell in love with the game immediately that first Mm -hmm. year we won a championship and it was there was something about the game that i could never turn my shoulder against you know turn my back on anymore as the years went by, I grew more passion and love for the game. And in high school, had a great career there. Uh, was able to be a part of a state championship run. You know, we didn't win the game, but um, that was huge for our community, for our, for our town, for my career, for for a lot of things. You know, it kind of just boosted that, mm-hmm. even more of that energy. <laughs> Man, playing in front of that that state championship game there was about nineteen thousand people and i think that was that sealed the deal like bro this is what i want to do you know that vibe that feeling of the stadium roaring is yeah it's it's something you can't explain and that really was the hook line and sinker right there Mm -hmm. that was it for me that's Uh, yeah that's really interesting so you started i mean most hawaii athletes everyone that i talk to you know we're multi-sport athletes growing up because you know there's everything to play year-round right yeah but you played mostly baseball and soccer so for baseball what did you play when you were younger growing up uh growing up i was a pitcher played all of the infield (laughs) and but crazy i don't know it's kind of crazy because as i started to play football more my throwing for baseball became worse (laughs) like I don't know how that you can ask a lot of people and they'll tell you that I suck at throwing a baseball and people would say like oh right you can almost throw the football like as far as you throw the baseball like why is that and I don't know somehow my football motion yeah. threw that off but I was yeah I played varsity as a freshman mm-hmm. um, so I was pretty talented in baseball mm-hmm. soccer I made all state in high school mm-hmm. like you said I think we're in a fortunate place in Hawaii because we get to play sports year round yeah. and um, a lot of our kids are well versatile and athletic you know yes. and I always believe that when you play multiple sports mm-hmm. in whatever sport you decide to choose mm-hmm. those other sports will help you excel yeah. at that sport like yes. playing baseball made me a better football player yes. you know playing soccer made me a better football player like all those things yes. so no doubt what, what position do you play in soccer uh, in soccer I played fullback I was, okay. I was uh, defense, defense yeah. and um, it was it, it was good because coming off of football season like 
now it's my turn to give the hits you know <laughs> like anybody coming across the middle on a corner is getting yeah. lit up <laughs> yeah yeah that is uh it's funny because i played a little soccer in high school too i played when i was growing up but hawaii soccer is more like physical it's not so much the finesse oh definitely it's just like it's just like almost football but a little bit more regulated <laughs> yeah and almost stuff. That's, football that's, that's like, high school soccer in hawaii it, yeah. i used to get one of my teammates was like uh avid soccer player like mm. you know how like where if you get clipped like they'll fall on mm. the ground and hold their ankle <laughs> yeah. and that used to piss me off i'd be like bro get up <laughs> yeah. stop doing that yeah. you know like we don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> hawaii we don't do that we're yeah. playing like come on yes so it's so interesting because that was going to be my question was like how did everything help you as a quarterback and you know like even baseball a lot of baseball players when they do play football they do play quarterback or some of the skill mm. positions because of the you know either the throwing motion for you or the hand-eye coordination, or even for soccer, right? It's all the footwork stuff that right. you get to move in ways that maybe you don't necessarily move as much in football, but it really translates into when you got to scramble. When oh, you gotta definitely. you got to do all of these things, yeah. I mean, the coordination to play with your feet, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like every kid should play soccer. Yeah. Just the court, just playing with your feet, like, yeah. that's a hard task. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball being able to track a ball that's traveling at 80 90 yep. miles an hour you know what i mean yep. like that's a skill that's that's pretty hard to uh, mm-hmm. to it's something you can't just pick up yeah like you gotta you gotta grow up playing it and learn it and and train that hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. and i always said in football the dbs get a lot of bad rap because they're the guys they're great skills but no hands right like that's that's kind of the the rap <laughs> that dbs yeah. get unfortunately unfortunately yeah. but i always said like if a db played baseball or i could tell when a db did play baseball mm-hmm. or didn't play it because they have that ability to kind of track the ball in the air yeah you know like a lot of times they go up in the air and they're missing the ball and it's like bro how did you miss that but they <laughs> just that hand-eye coordination has yes. never been trained mm-hmm. and as kids it's easy because we're just playing a game mm-hmm. you know but you don't know that you've been training Yes. that skill mm-hmm. throughout all those years yeah so um, I, I definitely encourage parents sign up your kids for mm-hmm. as much sports as you can yeah and and you learn so many other life lessons too which we can talk about oh, later yeah the load yeah. i mean Tons. sports I, I love sports for all of those reasons mm-hmm. you know discipline teamwork uh, yeah. commitment all of those things sacrifice yeah. all, everything you yes. know so much good stuff yes so it's so interesting that you mentioned a little earlier that you know, as you started throwing more football, that your baseball mechanics got worse, right? And, you know, people think, well, it's a throwing motion, but the size, the release point, everything is different. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense that, you know, one kind of took over and then the other one kind of took a back seat. Right. But at the same time, the throwing motion, your arm strength and everything like that, I think baseball really helped you when it came to being a quarterback in football. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now, at Lelehua and everything, I mean, you guys had a great run for a long time <laughs> yeah and that's that's miraculous to think in the oia that you know you made it to these state championship games and everything and was there anything in your high school career that really helped you to excel at not only football but just quarterback and help your team and everything in ways that you know helped you achieve that success um i think it was just work ethic mm-hmm. one of the things that i've always that's been instilled in me um through my uncle was one of my my first trainers Mm -hmm. as far as the gym and it started in seventh grade pop warner and after practice we'd go to the gym so it was like almost every every day Uh 
it's like okay we got training we're yep. training and and it was old school like hey when we're in here to train don't be dancing around we're you know focused just yep. put in work and mm-hmm. i would get yelled at scoldings but it instilled a lot of good traits as far as mm-hmm. you know work ethic mm-hmm. and i took that into high school and through high school i i started to just use that work ethic and mm-hmm. kind of feel out like in bringing my teammates up with me mm-hmm. you know and creating a atmosphere that where we can all mm-hmm. strive and then i mean don't get me wrong you got to win games too because mm-hmm. if you all of that and rah rah <laughs> and trying to get guys going is not going to work if yeah. you're losing so um we just caught traction we caught momentum we had good players good talent good coaching mm-hmm. and we were able to put all the pieces together yeah. and a belief system i think is one of the the biggest keys to success mm-hmm. The year before, when I was a freshman, um, the varsity team, they didn't do too well. That's all I can remember. I don't know how much wins and loss they had, but it was almost where they were on the cusp of we were going to drop down to, mm-hmm. to the lower division. Mm-hmm. But our JV team, we went to the championship game. So that kind of balanced us out, and it, mm-hmm. they decided to keep us at the upper division. Mm-hmm. And then that next year was the year we went to the state championship game. So just that turnaround, right? I think yeah. a lot of it was starting to win, starting to believe like, hey, right, yeah. we're good. We can do this, you know? Yeah. Coming from a small town, it was a it was a big thing to start getting that momentum and that traction yeah. and that belief system in ourselves. And then yeah. after we got rolling, it was pretty hard to stop. I mean, even that, you know, a lot of times people just think winning is easy, but even learning how to win and develop that culture, yeah. that yeah. mindset, that help, that's huge, right? Now, so you went from straight playing Pop Warner to playing Vars in one year? Uh, no, I played JV. Oh, one, JV the one, my freshman year. Okay, yeah. your freshman year, you played JV. And then after that, sophomore to senior year, you were on Vars. Correct. Right? Now, you know, every time, I mean, Pop Warner, most people in Hawaii play Pop Warner, right? Right. But the speed of the game starts to get tr- uh, tremendously faster, right, as you increase levels. So was it a difficult transition for you to go from, like, you know, Pop Warner to Varsity in a couple years? Or was it, no, it was pretty comfortable. I think this just brings me back to the word belief. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it definitely was hard. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, a lot of times we have self-doubt. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, bro. <laughs> like now, you know, playing with the Varsity. Yes. And uh, I always say, if, it's funny now, because you look back, like the high school kids look so little. It's like. You know, but like every time you go up, it's like Pop Warner looks like, oh, it's the little kids. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, it's like, oh, varsity, you know, the lights are a lot brighter. And I remember walking down for our first game and I was uh-huh. just like, oh, like this is this, this is, is the real deal. It's not JV no more, yeah. you know, but I mean, every time you, you just got to get, I think you just adapt, you know, mm-hmm. you become comfortable in the uncomfortable because mm-hmm. at first it is uncomfortable. It's like, oh, the yeah. boys are bigger. The game's faster. Yeah. Uh, but you also got to know that you know you're you're moving along too. You're mm-hmm. coming up them. So yeah. um, it just comes back to that belief system. Yeah. Because I can tell you about the UH as well. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That transition we'll get to that. That, that transition second. went really fast, and yeah. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> you know, it's it's good to hear those stories because every athlete they go through similar experiences. I oh, think, definitely. As they're you know going up, moving to higher and higher levels and everything. So now in high school. What was some of the growth in high school as a quarterback or as a player, even a teammate, right? Was it something that you had to really work at to develop as a quarterback? Or was it, you know, kind of a linear progress that you just got better and better every day, every year? Was there any hard um, times? 
through that high school experience? Yeah, I mean, slowly got better every year. Mm-hmm. I definitely had to work at it. But like I said, I, I had this work ethic that always I felt like separated me. Mm-hmm. Training before practice, during, or then practicing, and then after practicing. Mm-hmm. After practice, getting extra sprints or going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And like I always, I always did more. Yeah. And I felt mm-hmm. like that kind of helped keep me at par, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, a part of high school was learning and dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fractured my collarbone in my junior year, mm-hmm. which pretty much sat me and sidelined me the whole season. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of coming off of my sophomore year where we went to the state championship mm-hmm. game. You know, a lot of things are looking good. Started to hear about scholarship opportunities, right? College is looking at you. Mm-hmm. It's like junior year is a big year. Yeah. So having to deal with being sidelined was a, was a big part of my growth. Yes. Definitely not through football, but as in life. And that's just another one of those life lessons that the game teaches, man. And that's hard, you know, especially for a lot of athletes go through that. Their, you know, their recruitment year, right? That junior year, even if it's not injury, right? Hopefully it's not injury, but even if it wasn't, you know, you didn't perform as well as you thought you could have or whatever obstacles come come your way those are things that really teach you how to become a better player in the future because the road's not done yet and right as as we know with your career the road was definitely not done yet. yeah definitely so just overcoming that i think you did learn a lot of life lessons that you could carry on with you to help you in the future you know i asked a lot of the athletes especially in hawaii right we're typically undersized (laughs) we don't have the size usually but for a quarterback i mean you have the size you know you have the size obviously to play division one and professionally but was that something that did you hit a growth spurt in high school or no you were kind of quarterback size same size as you were now i think i kind of like gradually grew okay i maybe went to high school at like five nine five ten then you know slowly crept up to six feet so i kind of stayed along yeah it wasn't like i was five four and then just kind of went you know i kind of always stayed at around that area yes yes i slowly grew into my six feet that definitely Free. helped you, you know, build the strength and the physicality to to compete, right, at those levels. Now, as you went into your senior year, what was the mindset like? Did you already have that idea that, hey, I want to play Division One at the next level? Was that something that, no, you kind of were just focusing on senior year? What was your your thoughts of the future like? I, I knew I wanted to play beyond high school. Like, I, I knew that much. Mm-hmm. I had no thoughts as far as where... It would be, but I just knew I, I wanted to continue playing this game. I love the game. I love the preparation. I love, uh, I love working out. You know, I love all the aspects mm-hmm. um, that come with being a football player. And I just knew that I wanted to continue that. So much that baseball started to take a back seat to where I didn't okay. end up playing my junior and senior year. Okay. You know, um, which as a freshman playing vars, like that's probably where mm-hmm. you should really thrive. You know, I've been playing vars for two years and now the game should really slow down for me in baseball. Mm-hmm. But... I just decided to focus all my attention and passion towards just the game of football. So when you got into your senior season, were you kind of getting some offers or what was that process like? Because I know you were injured your junior year. So how did that play out? Yeah, I mean, going back towards my sophomore year, mm-hmm. right, I thought we went all the way to the state t- championship game. I was like, bro, we lost. But I was like, okay, we got two more years, we'll win one. I'm going to get back there, we're going to win one. And we never made it back but it just goes to show how special that season was and how hard it is also to achieve something like that mm-hmm. but going to my senior year i just was like oh, we got to get back there right mm-hmm. that was the whole motivation was to get back to complete what i didn't complete as a sophomore mm-hmm. win the thing mm-hmm. and uh, so all my energy and attention was going to that I, I never really kept 
I knew I wanted to play beyond, but my focus wasn't then. You know, I, I always thought of like, just take care of now. Later will take care of itself if you take care of now. Yep. Um, unfortunately, for whatever reasons, I mean, maybe unfortunately at the time, but yeah. fortunately, you know, my path rolled out the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. But nothing came through from that year of football and there was no offers and mm-hmm. just led me to, you know, Juco. Yes. Yeah. So where did you go to uh, junior college at? So junior college, I attended Fresno City College. Got it. And then there's some kind of, there was a pipeline, right? From there to Hawaii. Uh, was, or how did you end up from Fresno City College? Well, we college had a good amount of uh, local boys okay. going to Fresno. Okay. Um, but I don't know if they had a pipeline yet. No coaches I think after, or anything. after I got it. came, then I remember we got a few more. Yeah, yeah. more Rams as the years went by. Okay. But I... Man, I came back. I went to LCC for two semesters okay. and got into University of Hawaii. Got it. Talked to Rich Miano, and he gave me an opportunity to walk on. And yeah, that's it, that's no. kind of how I got there. There was no real connection as far as like. Yes, it was just okay. Hey, you know, our quarterback's doing pretty good. Oh God, Fresno, it. you know, take him back home. There was nothing like no, that. Nothing it was like kind of oh, just okay. like. So at Fresno City College, did that did that really help you develop, like to transition to college or? What was that experience like? I think the transition just to college is a big transition okay. from high school, right? Where you start realizing like, man, I ain't got to be in class. <laughs> yeah, all the other factors, yeah. Because, I mean, I was in class and at the time, I, like, I was, you know, through, through high school, you're like, oh, can I go use the bathroom? You know, like <laughs> yes. that kind of stuff. Yes. But there, I remember my first week of class and I'd sit in class and guys would just get up and walk out like in the middle of the teacher <laughs> teaching. I was just like... Yes. It's like, bro. Yes. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. You just do that. That guy's crazy. Yeah. But um, you 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 just got you learn responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, like taking care of what's got to be done. Mm -hmm. And my first my semester there at Fresno was a four point oh semester. You know, I I knew that. Like I said, I wanted to play ball, continue to play ball in the in the game. I I found some comfort level at the next speed. As you were Mm -hmm. talking about speeds, Mm -hmm. right? Because the Fresno game or the Fresno. The, the Juco. Juco game definitely sped up from the high school game. And mm-hmm. um, I started to realize, shoot, I could play ball at this level too. Yeah, um, We did, had a good career there as well. Mm-hmm. Threw the ball a lot. Played playoff games. You know, mm-hmm. like we had a good run. And okay. that introduced me to kind of the college speed of the game and playing against bigger guys and all Got those it. kind of things. Got but it. yeah. After your Juco experience, when you came back home, you know, it sounds like you take all of that work ethic academically too, which that's important for kids who's looking to play sports, right? Definitely. You have to take care of the classroom. <laughs> otherwise, you're not even going to see the field, right? Right. right. Unfortunately, that happens to a lot of talented athletes, right? So, you know, just taking care of everything, learning responsibility, and now you're coming back home, right? So what was the mindset back then? I'm sure you still wanted to play football. Yeah, I played yeah. flag football. <laughs> okay, okay. Got it. <laughs> I was going to LCC and yeah. like just playing flag football literally. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what I did for about a year. Okay. Until I had the opportunity to walk on at UH and uh, you know, try out for the team. Got it. So yeah. you're playing flag football. <laughs> I, I just I don't know, I'm laughing now because I'm picturing that. I'm like, man, you were probably just tearing everybody up in flag football. But anyway, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun, yeah. And then now so you're walking on to UH, right? You get this opportunity. Try to explain that experience, you know, because you're a walk on, you you still have to kind of prove yourself, right? Definitely. As a walk on. And especially no one really 
really knows your capabilities anymore because we haven't really seen you play right for a couple years already so what was that transition like it was it was it was awesome it was humbling it was man i can't I, just the whole experience from the the day i walked on the lights were always super bright to me it's like mm-hmm. bro this is the university of hawaii you know they just came off of Cole brennan's years yes. it was like uh, it was just to be around the program mm-hmm. was was cool for me mm-hmm. and uh i remember going after my walk on day like waiting i think the walk on day was on a friday the tryouts mm-hmm. then you had to wait the whole weekend and it's like monday it's like bro, did we make it did we not make it you know a few of my friends uh kanoa carlson the mm-hmm. the news yeah yeah he he was one of my walk-on buddies and i remember we were talking like at school like, bro did you get called did i get called you know i don't yes. know i didn't get nothing and it's like man do we not make it you know they're not gonna call us yeah and um uh, I think it was Tuesday where we finally got the call like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you guys get to come down, do your guys' physicals, get your locker set up. And and just that alone was kind of worth it for me. You know, like whether if nothing else happened, mm-hmm. I was like, I I'm, I'm made made it onto the team as a walk-on, you know, yeah. get the trial. And they didn't even make the team yet. You still got to practice through spring ball. You got to mm-hmm. prove yourself. There's a whole lot more steps. <laughs> yeah. But just the, the fact of I was getting a locker mm-hmm. and I remember – the next day opening my locker and there was like a t-shirt and shorts but to me it was like i just got a brand new playstation on christmas you know (laughs) like oh free shoes and then then it's like the next morning we're working out with the team like it all goes so fast but it's all it's like a dream and it's just it's 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 awesome to be a part of you know it's it's, um every kid's dream i think every Mm -hmm. athlete's dream you know to be a part of a program uh, a d1 program yes and um man it was I could, just thinking back of all those things now, you know, that yeah. kind of pops into my brain as we talk. It's like, wow, yes. like, there's some cool stuff, man. Yes. That's so interesting to hear. I always like to hear the athlete's perspective because, you know, everyone has their own perspective, right? The medical staff, the strength staff and everything. But yeah, as soon as you got there, I think everything was just on an accelerated timeline. So what year was it when you walked on at UH? 2009. 2009. And did you already? It was the 2009 season then that you and got playing, playing time. Correct, correct. Yes. So, okay, you're coming off from not playing competitive football for a year. I mean, flag right. football. Yeah, right? yeah. So now the conditioning component and everything, and I'm sure you bring that same work ethic to the off season, right? But there's nothing that can replicate like a full week of training, practice, and games, right? Right. So as I mentioned earlier, the first memory that I had when you were going to take over the starting job. I think, and you can fill in all the gaps in the story, but I remember that your shoulder was pretty sore from throwing all that reps, right, yeah. all of a sudden. So what was that like getting like thrown into the fire? Yeah, because we used to throw like 300 <laughs> passes a day, a day. <laughs> yeah. every day. And I believe we had two days back then too. Yes. So, you know, you're throwing 500 passes a day and it's yeah. like, I think my right shoulder is just hanging a little bit lower as I walk through practice, you know. And, um, it took time to condition that. Mm-hmm. And that was just something that you couldn't prepare for, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just, you got to go through it. And you got to throw, throw, throw. And you condition the arm mm-hmm. until, you know, it's almost like it's just used to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, at St. Louis, that's something that they've done. Mm-hmm. I remember going back on Sundays, throwing with the, mm-hmm. the St. Louis crew and just getting reps in and the more reps like i said the more repetition you get it kind of becomes mm-hmm. 
condition. I mean, that was a big aspect, definitely, like adjusting to throwing that much. That yeah. was probably the first hurdle I had to overcome. Mm-hmm. The training part, like I said, I've always been into training. Uh, in fact, inside of UH, you know how there's all the 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 pictures, the right? Records and the records yeah. for the weightlifting boards, and uh-huh. that was like my first goal. I, I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about football at the time I just saw I was like oh this is cool I said I'm gonna get my my face <laughs> yeah. on top of every one of those records <laughs> yes like that was just my goal to, yeah. you know because the one thing I love about the gym is that the playing field is even mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it don't matter if you're 6'3 don't matter yeah. if you're 5'5 five, five. Yeah. it don't matter um, yeah. whatever ethnicity you are it, it doesn't matter yeah. any of that matters yeah. all it matters is how much time you're willing to put into it mm-hmm. you know and the results will show and that yes. and that's what that's what my mindset is when it comes to the gym and training so mm-hmm. i was like and i'm gonna outwork all you guys and all the guys who had the records and <laughs> i'm gonna get my name and my face on all of them and yes. um by the time i left i did you yeah. know i had every record for a quarterback position <laughs> yeah. and uh that was probably one of the things i'm probably most proud of just because it's just like i said it's has nothing to do with talent it's just yes. eth- work ethic yeah i'm glad you said that it's how much time you're willing to put in because yeah. that's really to perform at the highest level especially strength wise right right preparing physically that's what it is there's no shortcut yeah like you can't not show up and get those records yeah. you can't not show up and improve your body right there's no chance you're not yeah. gonna take off monday through friday <laughs> exactly. uh, maybe i'll get one lift in wednesday and expect yeah. to you know elevate yes. yourself yeah so that i like that attitude and that mindset and i'm sure you bring that to this day when you're training other people but okay so let's fast forward a little bit so now you're fully in the mix and you know people are thinking like did you really throw 300 balls a day yes you were like full-on it was still run and shoot yeah like the run was non-existent <laughs> we were only shooting yeah, i don't even was, know why they call it a run yeah, and shoot. exactly so then you were just throwing and i think the one thing that because i I, this is the beginning of my career as a student so I was actually on the sideline for majority of your home games and I think the one thing that stood out to me was your accuracy and I mean that like you said it's just getting your arm conditioned but also you know putting in the reps so that you can perform and execute on game day but was there anything that really helped you overcome the shoulder I guess deconditioned shoulder in the beginning and how did that progress yeah at first it was just conditioning the shoulder mm-hmm. um and then just overall strengthening the body, mm-hmm. strengthening the, the core, the yeah. legs, you know, because as you throw, it's not just your arm, right? You got to use your legs. Yes. You got to use your, your, your midsection, everything, yeah. everything, right? I think that was a big part of it, starting to work on uh, the decelerators, the back components yes. of my muscles, you know, all yes. of those things. Um, all of that kind of played into role. And, I mean, going into it, I never knew, you know, yeah. like, was high school is just ah, throw the ball you know <laughs> hit the guy you know yeah. like you know the game was still kind of simple then but then mm-hmm. you start to learn like hey, you got to start mm-hmm. taking care of your body this way you got to start doing yes. those kind of things you know mm-hmm. you got to go see uh wongi and you know you got to do some <laughs> shoulder stuff you yes. got to get ice you got to you know there's a lot more components to it as far as um i want to say being a professional athlete we're yeah. not professional at the time but you got to start to prepare your body and mind as if you were a professional and t- that. yes and I think that's that's one of the things that I say on many of these episodes is my whole goal is to try to bring some of these resources to people earlier or mm-hmm. to people that don't have access to a Division One collegiate, you know, athletic training program, right. right? Because a lot of these things are simple. Like, you know, it just takes time to take care of your body. But the more that you learn how to take care of your body, you lengthen out and prolong your career. Yeah. And that's the main thing, right? Definitely. But in the beginning, unfortunately, if we don't have access to some of these resources, 
like you said, most athletes, myself included in high school, you just don't know. Yeah. But then once you realize, hey, this is really helping me, that's usually what helps you to keep moving forward and just perform week after week. Right. right? So, okay, now your freshman, I mean, your first year at UH, right? So you had three eligible seasons at that time. Yeah, I had three years to play three, and luckily I played all three. All three, yes. And that first season, so how many games did you play? Because Uh, you came in after... I want to say like eight games. Eight games. So it was pretty early on. Right. And I think that season, honestly, I can say like from the sideline and everything, you brought a lot of excitement and (laughs) hope and everything to, you know, just the state of Hawaii, right? Because you performed really well. So now, after you have that successful season, right? What was your mindset like going into your last two years? It talks about that, that, like we talked about earlier about the speed of the game. Mm -hmm. That first year, man, I could take, let me just take you back to Greg's uh, injury. The week before that, Brent Roush, who was Mm -hmm. second string at the Mm -hmm. time, he broke his finger on a helmet. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, so that moved me up from three to two, mm-hmm. and at that point, I'm you know I'm still a backup. I'm preparing, getting myself ready. But then I remember when Greg went down, like I was just like on the side, kind of like yeah. you know, kind of tending to him, and I was just like, oh damn, yeah, forgetting that I'm number two, like I'm up, yeah. And I remember like Rolo kind of grabbing me, like, bro, what are you doing? Get ready, you're up, yeah, and like talk about zero to a hundred like yeah. it was just like oh like yeah i'm in you know my heart rate was through the sky it's like boom pumping it's time to go yeah like live bullets you're in and that's probably the hardest thing not only mentally but like for anybody to come off the bench because you're not really super warm right you were sitting down for how long yeah you know like yeah yeah for sure um i mean and even that practice wise right i haven't yeah. gotten the most reps mm-hmm. um up until that point it was a lot of mental reps mm-hmm. because i was only third string up until a yeah. week ago before mm-hmm. that yeah and as a third string fourth stringer and so on you're only going to get maybe a one two reps of practice otherwise mm-hmm. you're in the back you got to take mental reps yeah i also feel like that helped separate me because in school i would go to class and then i'd come back to the coach's office mm-hmm. every week mm-hmm. um i had a pillow and a blanket in rolovich's office <laughs> yeah. because i would sleep there mm-hmm when i wasn't you know like in between Mm -hmm. times like i'm in there watching film and i'm tired i'm like Mm -hmm. i spent my my college life in class and in the offices like literally yeah that helped prepare me for the moment of getting on the on the field Mm -hmm. but as that sophomore sophomore year went along and i started playing you know i i I built confidence and Mm self-belief in myself Mm -hmm. and you know we had a good stretch towards the end where we won like four or five in a Mm -hmm. row uh falling one short of a bowl game Mm -hmm. but that momentum helped um carry over carry into over the next, into the yeah. off season of my junior year and into the season of my junior year to mm-hmm. where we had a fantastic year yes so did you approach training or preparation for the game differently going into that spring ball for my it, junior year yeah for your junior year though so, i mean it was kind of the same you know mm-hmm. just kind of still gotta work hard yes study the game study film from last year you know mm-hmm. look at the mistakes i made mm-hmm. um where can i improve and uh, yeah. all those things yeah and I'm glad that you, you know, because I can tell from the way you approach training in the game and everything, it's good that it was the same because you were doing it all before. So nothing right. really changed. Right. But maybe now just the details that you were focusing on and things like that, maybe that was a little bit more focused because now you knew, okay, I'm going to potentially be the starter again, yeah, right? Yeah. And that really changes your way that I guess you're interpreting and taking in all of this. Now, obviously we know what happened. You have 
three successful or two and a half successful seasons. I mean, you had like, I don't know, I think it was like 70, 80 touchdown, career touchdown passes or something. I don't yeah, know. there was a it's lot. I don't even ridiculous. know either. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you really excelled in, you know, your last two years and everything. Was there anything that really sticks out to you from mm. playing at UH? Special memories? Man, just the fans, mm. my family. Like mm. we've, we never really... Not that we weren't UH fans, but we never really had the opportunity to go to a bunch of games as a kid, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But being that I was playing, my my it brought a lot of my family together mm-hmm. for tailgates and mm-hmm. that kind of things, you know. That uh, that was pretty special to me to see my family up in the stands, and yes. I, I think it's special to them too to see you know mm-hmm. our last name on a jersey because mm-hmm. I remember. Like I said, back to the beginning, right when I just yeah. got shoes and stuff, and I remember getting my helmet the first day, and yeah. then the first game, like seeing my name on the back of a jersey, like all of that was so surreal for me. And it was, yes. that's like the stuff I kind of remember the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the locker room, mm-hmm. I think all athletes would tell you that when it's all over, they miss the locker room mm-hmm. because that's some of the best times. Yeah. Um, just spending time with you know your brothers, friends. Mm-hmm the relationships you build inside of locker rooms like yeah. that's always special but yeah man it it goes by so fast you know <laughs> it's like you work so hard to get there and you want to enjoy every moment but it, it, it just, always flies yeah. by and it's like it's almost like it never happened you know it's like a dream yeah every season it goes of course you know winning makes it go by a lot faster yeah too, right? for sure yeah but i can only imagine I, if you lose yeah, I, I can Honestly, I, I know that you brought a lot of energy and everything to the stadium. And I, and you're also proud to represent not only your school, but the state and everything. Right. I mean, I remember specifically the Hawaiian flag going out every, yeah. out of the tunnel every game, right? I don't think, yeah. That was a, yeah. one of the things I brought. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, because I'm prideful, you know, prideful, mm-hmm. like yeah. you said, just prideful, not only in my myself, my family, but mm-hmm. being from Hawaii and being able to play for Hawaii, you yes. know, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too much guys are not that I know of from Hawaii you know mm-hmm. Timmy Chang Shevin yeah. Cordero now that yep. local boys that get to represent yes. home so I, I was pretty proud in that and I remember bringing it up to Coach Mack like if he would be okay with me running out with the Hawaiian mm-hmm. flag and uh, that was uh, man that's a that's a big memory for me too because yeah. that, that was a big deal for me yeah. I remember I had to have it like every time after I, once I got the okay it's like yes. where's the flag you know like we can't <laughs> go out yet <laughs> Yes. You know, and and that's it just shows part of your character and you know what you represent and everything now I don't want to spend too much time on your career because there's a lot of other things we want to talk about but unfortunately you did suffer that ankle injury right correct and you had to have ankle surgery and how was that for you I mean you know another injury again that sidelines you what was your where were you at mentally uh, physically uh, mentally it was pretty devastating mm-hmm more so not the the injury i mean yes the injury but mm-hmm. the timing of it you know yeah. it's like my senior year i got about four or five games left yes. at the time mm-hmm. it's about that time where okay hey you know now we start looking at the next step mm-hmm. um getting ready for for the nfl mm-hmm. and uh that opportunity mm-hmm. so the timing of it was super rough and uh mentally that was it was pretty depressing mm-hmm. to deal with that injury at that time my pro day i i couldn't really do anything mm-hmm. i benched which yep. nobody cares what a quarterback bench is mm-hmm. in the nfl um i threw some passes but you know you could tell i was still yeah. nursing an ankle injury and mm-hmm. uh it definitely hurt my, I believe it hurt my stock, you know, mm-hmm. going into the NFL. Did you, 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you get any invites to rookie camps or? No, I, uh, like nothing really. Okay. I, I had one call from uh, the Ravens at the time. Okay. Um, that was the only team I was in contact with. Okay. Uh, and um, but nothing came to fruition from that. Got it. Uh, yeah. And but after that, I mean, you know, for the NFL, it's extremely tough. Um, seeing it from the back end, you know, for one year and everything, it's extremely tough. So, just to even be in talks, that shows that you have something, you know. Mm-hmm. But that kind of led you to go into the CFL, right? And explain that process. And a lot of people talking to Ronley and everything. We don't know what the CFL is yeah. about in <laughs> yeah. America. I mean, yeah, it's like for sure. Watching this is like, what is going on? But anyway, what was that like for you? Uh, yeah, so to speed through my ankle injury, you know, rehabbing that, uh, yeah. I ended up going and playing arena. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I played arena for, um, that, that was the next step. That was the next opportunity, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, college is done. I want to play pro. Mm-hmm. NFL, nothing's coming. Where can oh. I play? Yes. Uh, arena came up. Had the opportunity to go out to Georgia. Okay. Me and Richard Torres, we uh, we both oh, went out at the it. same time. We were rooming together and yes. and playing for the Georgia Force at the time. Okay. And um, man, it was fun. It's a fun yeah. game. I wish that game was still going on. Yeah. And I wish they were paying like the dollars they paid when they first started. Yeah. Caught some momentum in that league. Mm-hmm. Started doing well. Mm-hmm. And then another injury, um, okay. sidelined me again. I tore my knee. Got it. And that one was a bad one. That one uh, oh, okay. was eighteen months of rehab. And at the what, point, I man, I only I just wanted to walk, you know. Got it. What was it? MP MPFL reconstruction or uh, ACL? Patella. Patella. And okay. M, uh, MPFL is yeah. the ligament on the inside of your yeah. kneecap. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I did not even know that. You know, I yeah. I do vaguely remember now that you were doing well in arena though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you had to overcome that injury too, you know. But I'm sure all of the previous experiences, overcoming injuries and training and everything, that helped you to kind of get through that. Right? Yeah, it, it did. Uh, I think it was, it was just rough because it, it was so close to my ankle one. It was within a year span that yeah. I, I you know I broke my ankle then tore my knee within like eight months apart from each uh, other. Yes. So it it was really devastating to my ego, to yep. my momentum, you know, trying to build up momentum to get to the league, which is the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was saying at the time, I just wanted to walk. I was like, bro, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of done with this. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to walk. Let me be normal. Yeah. But then, you know, you go through the, you go through the rehab process. You, you grind it out, mm-hmm. man. You shed some tears because it's, it's brutal. Yeah. But then you start you you start to build up again and mm. you start to get momentum and you gain that traction and you start jogging and running and then you're like hey yeah right, I'm back you know I yes. can do this again yes. and that's where I that's where I, that's where I was and I was like man I want to play mm. you know like it's not done yet the, yeah but the hard part was it's been three years since my last yeah. you know I mean not including an arena but 2011 to 2014 mm. there's not much film. Yeah. There's just a few games of arena football and that's it. Yeah. So it's like, where's the next opportunity? Yeah. I'm not even sure exactly how. Th- oh, I, actually, I do remember now. Okay. So I had uh, the GM from the Calgary Stampeders message me on Facebook. Okay. And at the time, I was kind of like, is this even real? Or is this like, this guy like acting like he's the GM or yes. something? Um, but he really was. And he, you know, he said, hey, well, you know, if you're still interested in football, actually, this was the year before. 13 when i was still rehabbing i was like man okay. he he reached out and said if you're still interested in playing you know mm-hmm. you, you should come try out god and i was just like oh man i'm kind of nursing a knee yeah. injury you know 
fast forward a year later i messaged him and i'm like hey can i still come and try out mm -hmm. you know so they have open tryout days and so i flew up to california went to one of their trial days okay. it's like a pro day kind of they have you run 40s and jump mm -hmm. and do all those things and then they have you throw some football and whatnot okay. and then i got called you know for the next thing i was like oh cool i made it yeah go to mini camp mini camp they bring in about 60 probably around 60 okay. guys all okay. positions and they try you out for like three days okay it's like two days for two days and then the third day is the final day and then they send everybody home mm -hmm. from mini camp uh, i want to say man like five guys make it to training camp oh yeah okay. <laughs> it's not a lot yeah it's not a lot okay a few five guys i remember there was just me and one receiver that made it to training camp okay. on the offensive side yeah so we get, we get invited to training camp and it's like you know it's all the same things right just yeah. trying to prove yourself work yeah. hard make the team right that's the goal and through training camp i just did what i always did you know just grind it out yeah. put in the time study the playbook um I remember hours in my dorm room because they put you up in dorm rooms through training camp mm -hmm. just reading my playbook you know yep. drawing it on the wall yep. uh, I used to have an expo pen and okay. there's a mirror are the windows inside of my yep. dorm room was full of expo <laughs> pen plays yeah rehearsing it over and over mm -hmm. and over saying the cadence just yeah just saying the cadence you know like mm -hmm. as I'd walk from the dorm to the film I'd practice saying the cadence saying the huddle play call you know just practicing mm -hmm. repping everything every little thing that i felt like was in my power that i could do yeah. to better myself and give myself a better opportunity yes. is what i did and man i'm you know fortunately enough cut day came and i wasn't one of the guys getting cut and yeah. it was uh it was pretty cool i remember breaking down a little bit like mm -hmm. hey you know i'm a real professional athlete i'm getting yes. paid signed my contract mm -hmm. and uh it was a great opportunity. I mean, that's exciting to hear for any athlete, right? And I like how you you focus on all of the things that's in your control. Mm. Like, to the, you know, those fine details. Because right. I think a lot of people just overlook some of the, the things that they we take for granted sometimes. You know, but small details. I mean, even practicing the cadence. You know, like, all of these things that will help you perform better when you have to actually practice or play. Those are the things that people don't hear about outside of this they only see you when you're playing with the lights on right right but right to see how much effort and work that you put in i think that really like you said the work ethic separates you from other athletes and that's what has gotten you to this point of success right yeah. in your life yeah. i credit i credit my whole career to my work ethic mm -hmm. because i mean i wasn't the most talented you know i, I yes i do have talent but i mean there's other guys that's like six you know mm -hmm. six three or mm -hmm. Um, guys with rocket arms and mm -hmm. you know guys that could run faster maybe mm -hmm. but i always just like you said took care of the controllables what yeah. i could control down to the little details right yeah. Uh, yeah and uh it got me as far as i i was able to go yes and you did play you know in the cfl um any of the great memories or life lessons that you got uh, out of your seasons with the cfl another you know just being in a huddle uh -huh. being in a locker room with a whole bunch of great guys from all around the world yeah. um a lot of great friendships were made mm -hmm. that i still keep in contact today you know i didn't get to play as much as i would have hoped but i got to stick around for a few years mm -hmm. and through that time i traveled mm -hmm. all across the north you know yeah. and 
just that experience alone i think was worth it mm-hmm. um on top of that being able to bring my family up and show my kids you know niagara mm-hmm. falls uh, yes toronto yes. calgary you know like all these experiences is what it's all about mm-hmm. sometimes you know we don't get the the destination we hope for you know yep. to be a starter to be all of that but mm-hmm. the journey along the way was yes. well worth it well worth it yeah and it's a it's been an incredible journey and now which i really want to talk about is you are helping so many people from young generation to beginners that are just trying to improve their health and fitness but also training all of these people around the community yeah yeah and you started your your business right you're training out of your house and everything especially during covid times i think this is exactly what people need because all of the facilities are closed people right. need some you know it's just a support system yeah and also some direction with what to do right so let's kind of go into that like how has football and all of these experiences translated or made you do what you're doing today and how has that influenced that yeah i man like i said my work ethic right mm-hmm. and and i've always been a, a hard worker in the gym and it's it's just kind of became it's a part of who i am really yeah. i just love the gym i love the f- the yeah. fitness aspect i love the mental aspect yes. um i i love helping people to to recognize like you have the power within mm-hmm. you to 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 achieve whatever it is you want to achieve yeah. or to to be happy with the person you see in the mirror you know um to get faster to work towards your goals of an athlete whatever it is as you said i work with all ages so every age is a little bit different in what their goals are in life or in health and fitness Mm -hmm. but i feel like my experiences along the way have helped mold me and build me to the Mm -hmm. the person i am today and to allow me the opportunity to now pass that my knowledge along to the to the next people yes yeah and honestly like you know you got i'll put all of your contact info and everything in the show notes but i man, i'm watching some of your stories sometimes and it's like 4 30 wake up two mile run and i'm thinking man i gotta get out there like, <laughs> i need to what am i doing like you know waking up so late or whatever so it's it's good that you have this message and positive vibes because you're really making a difference i think when it comes to people taking care of their body yeah right kind of how do you how do you tailor everything to what the person needs and everything i think we were br- briefly talking about this before you know we started recording but like you know in the college environment or sometimes even in the professional environment it's like you got to train the whole team yeah so it doesn't get too individualized and it's not saying they're not doing a good job right you know i know every strength and conditioning staff they're pouring their heart and soul to making sure that you're prepared but there's certain things that you can't do in that environment right that you said you kind of have to learn along the way like okay how do i take care of or how do i be accountable and do some of this on my own yeah so how do you kind of translate that or transfer that into all of the people that's training with you yeah so my experiences have mm-hmm. definitely helped build the my training uh methodology you know mm-hmm. as far as i'm really huge on mobility mm-hmm. on flexibility on yeah. movement yeah. i train barefoot mm-hmm. um all of my clients train barefoot yeah. because i feel like that's a yes. huge neglected piece of yeah of uh training yep. you know our feet is what connects us to the ground mm-hmm. and uh, if we don't have a strong foundation yep. i mean yep. you know how that goes with houses right <laughs> yes yes and um I, you know i think back to like my ankle injury right like mm-hmm. man maybe if i had a more mobile ankle and work the feet muscles and all of those things like you know mm-hmm. possibly it could have just been a sprain instead of a break mm-hmm. and unfortunately at the time i didn't know that yep. but but now I do, and now I'm able to help 
pass that along so that maybe that next athlete won't have to go through that you know yep. and so all of those kind of things help to build my thought process as far as um what makes the ultimate athlete or the ultimate person or the ultimate whatever right all my experiences have definitely helped to mold uh, Mm -hmm. my training philosophy no that's so true i mean i think you know and we can tell that you've learned a lot through every rehab experience every training experience because i do have content out there too like you know a lot of times we're trying to fix like what we see as the main issue Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's as simple as like your foot and your ankle is not working Mm-hmm. like without that connection to the ground like you said everything up the chain just compensates yeah and that's something that i'm glad that you know you instill some of this knowledge and wisdom right to educate your clients like hey this is why this is important right now the other facet that i like because i see some of the things that you're doing the workouts man it's like you're doing a lot of good things for all of these people but the thing that i like especially is the mindset that you bring like when you watch any of your posts or your content everyone's there to be focused and get some work done i mean that's the that's the other big component right you can just go through the motions and show up three times a week or you can do it focused and do it well and you know make sure that you're moving you're moving with intent and all of this so how's that like what's your culture like that you have with all your groups and everything and what's your way to i guess motivate these people yeah i mean you know what you put in is what you get out right and you gotta tell them like it's not like okay i'm gonna go work out and you know you know but it's like probably here to work out come on let's put one hour in Mm -hmm. dedicated work let's get after it you know every rep is high rep Mm -hmm. as far as and it might not even be a lift it's as simple as doing some quad pulls you know like just your warm-up doing some knee hugs like you know i could just go through the motion and be like uh leg swings like half leg swings or you could like do a leg swing like do a real leg swing do it with intention with effort and get the most out of the leg swing out of the stretch because i think a lot of times especially with the younger kids you know it's it's not the fun stuff right Mm -hmm. it's like ah i gotta do touch my toes or whatever it is right but you gotta think of it like wow this this is an important part of the puzzle Uh yeah because you put together a puzzle but you don't leave out this small piece that thing is not going to be complete yes and for my athletes i always tell my my big thing on athletes is like the best athlete is the is a healthy athlete or one that can be on the field mm-hmm. like if you can't play yep. then you're useless i don't care how skillful you are yes um if you're always banged up and a lot of um my high school athletes also i mean you know how you're in high school yeah. you want to bench like oh how much you bench <laughs> yeah. how much you squat so yeah. i'm trying to change that stigma to be like man that's not what it's about you yep. know like that's man look at the nfl guys they don't yep. you know what i mean Yep. yeah they look big but they're lean they're they're yep. they're mobile they're quick you know it's they're not like what you picture in your head because i remember as a young kid it's like oh i got a bench plenty yep. and when yep. i was at uh i used to bench a lot like way too much for my position <laughs> yeah but, but so just changing that stigma and that mentality to mm-hmm. to what they need more so than you know just looking like a nice <laughs> body in a uniform right yeah and then for my adults i just I don't know what it, where that came from, really. It's just kind of a, mm-hmm. a passion of mine uh, mm-hmm. to inspire other adults to mm-hmm. to live better. Yeah. You know, like, I think there's so much stuff on social media that's mm-hmm. negative yes. and, like, um, you know, whatever it is, drinking, partying, fighting, yeah. all this other stuff that's, like, mm-hmm. poison to the brain, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. And uh, if that's all our feeds are, it's like, wow, this is crap. Yeah. You know, it's junk food for the mind, for the body. <laughs> yes. And um, so on my on my Instagram, I just try to feed positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to make running a cool thing, a normal thing. Yeah. So that's like, oh, bro, these guys running, this guy's running. Look at all these guys running. Like, bro, let's go run. You know, yes. like before it probably be like, oh, it's, who's running? You yeah. know, like so I just try to change the stigma, those kind uh-huh. of things. And I mean, a lot of us. We, a lot of people I, th- I feel like tend to think man I'm too old mm-hmm. too overweight yeah. you know there's a lot of reasons and not yeah. to say that they're not real reasons mm-hmm. maybe they are but let's say you feel that you're old at 40 like mm-hmm. man there's at least another 40 years of life yes. you know like mm-hmm. you're only halfway through <laughs> yes, yes. you know we can't you can't you can't start to think like that so early you gotta yeah. we gotta change that mind frame I think and, yeah. and that's a, that's all I'm trying to do through uh, my Instagram through my training with my adults is yeah try to inspire others like man there's a lot of life left and when your grandkids come you don't want to be sitting around having to tell them the stuff like get up and play with them you know so it's just about getting up and moving and inspiring others to do the same yes you are definitely inspiring a lot of people and i can tell all of the great things and for everyone listening to this i mean just rewind that part (laughs) because you said so many things that it's exactly i think our philosophies coincide i mean i like your analogy of the the piece of the puzzle right yeah because oftentimes we just want to pick and choose what parts we're going to work on yeah and it's like if you showed a person a puzzle with all of these missing pieces you'd <laughs> yeah. be like what is this you know so you can't approach life yeah, like that right for sure and i mean just how you're inspiring people and getting them to have that mindset to make everything positive and even for me it's just trying to share a lot of positivity because yeah. like you said there's a lot of toxic things or negative things yeah. in the world and you know especially now it's hard times right? yeah so definitely. people are struggling but there's a lot of things that we still can shed a positive light on mm-hmm. that help people to take care of themselves and move a little better right yeah is there is there anything else that you want to share about your training uh, and what you've created man just our like you said about the times right like mm-hmm. it's you know a time of coronavirus and yeah. and a lot of people dealing with I, I feel like depression yep. or you know being locked away and yep. stuff like that where I feel like I mean I'm not very big into politics and all those mm-hmm. kind of things but control the controllables right yep. and just because gyms are closed or because all of these yep. things you can't go nowhere don't mean you can't get out and yep. work on yourself run yep. all those kind of things so yes. I think that's a big part of uh, the times right mm-hmm. um, getting us through these times but you know not I think taking the time, the lockdown time to work on you. Yeah. You know, that's very true. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to do my best out here, inspire. And on top of all of that is be a, a leader for my own household. You know, mm-hmm. my kids, mm-hmm. you know, when they, I feel like kids, I love kids. Yep. I got three kids yep. and I, I fully believe that if you gave me a, anybody's kid, mm-hmm. no matter the background, uh-huh. I could shape them to be a positive-minded person because I feel like kids are all, they're blank slates, right? Yes. They don't know nothing. Yes. But what you put in their brain, what you feed them with is, is creates the person they become. Mm-hmm. And so if like for my kids, I try to not only tell them, you know, the good things, but try to show them. Mm-hmm. And so they see me training all the time, running, working. My daughter will get up and run and, yes. you know, maybe not every day, but mm-hmm. every now and then, you know, and it slowly becomes part of her thing. Yes. And then my son's thing is like, oh, dad, are we training today? <laughs> and maybe it's not even training. Maybe it's surfing. You know, my son just mm-hmm. started getting into surfing and he loves that. And it's just just movement. Whatever it is yeah. that you enjoy to do, you got to get up, you got to sweat, you got to 
It could be playing basketball. It could be going for a run, yes. swimming, surfing, mm-hmm. biking, hiking. Yes. You know, there's so much stuff, and especially in this beautiful place that we live, we're so <laughs> fortunate to live in Hawaii. Yes. Where, because <laughs> that just brought me back to the time when I was in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Canada, negative degrees. Yeah. And I need, I want to say it was bread. Yeah. Like for food. <laughs> it's snowing outside. And I just want bread. And this yeah. is when I really appreciated Hawaii because Hawaii, okay? Yeah. I need bread. Just go, yeah? I'm just going to go <laughs> grab it. I'll be back yeah. in three minutes. Yeah. I live right behind Full Land. I'll go back. Yeah. I'm going to go grab the bread. I'll be back in three minutes. You don't even need a shirt. Yeah. You don't need, sometimes you don't even need slippers. You yeah. just need shorts, some money. You can go to the store, grab it, and be back. Yes. Beautiful Hawaii. I love my home. Yeah. Now in Canada, it's like a whole hour process to go get bread. <laughs> I had to put on all these clothes. Yeah. Then by the time I go outside, I realize it's not enough. I go yeah. back in, get yeah. some more clothes. I got to start the car, take yeah. the ice off the car, yeah. warm up the yeah. car, get it going, yeah. get to the store. Yeah. It's a whole process. I'm just like, man. No, yeah. I think anybody that, you know, that's why sometimes we take for granted the things that we're around right yeah. in Hawaii um, which you know for people like don't take that for granted because hey, when you're talking about this I'm thinking about there were a couple weekends in, in Detroit, Michigan yeah. that I, this is the first time I ever heard there was a cold weather warning and I had to ask the locals like what does that mean they're like you don't, you shouldn't go outside yeah. so then there were a couple weekends that we didn't have any like bye week or something I literally did not leave outside yeah unless i had to drive to the facility and everything else i was like yeah i ain't going to get food i ain't going to do this or right. whatever because it's too cold yeah you know? but i mean that's that's an excellent message because for us like take advantage of our environment take advantage of all of these things yeah with that i like that you you're sharing this with your kids and other kids right because that's something we didn't talk about too much we'll we'll spend a little bit a few minutes but yeah you know raising your kids being an athlete and that's something that you had to go through pretty much your entire career, right? Right. And what was that like, you know, managing and balancing that time, right? To take care of what you needed to, but also being there for your kids. Yeah, I had my daughter when I came back from Fresno. Mm-hmm. So while I was going to LCC, mm-hmm. so throughout my UH career, mm-hmm. I mean, throughout my whole career, pretty much yep. I've had kids. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just a big part of, I think what kept me motivated, mm-hmm. what kept me focused is like, I'm doing this for more than just me, Yes. you know? Also just being a role model like my daughter loves football uh, if you've seen remember the titans you know the coach's daughter inside that where he's like storming around in the yes. stands that is my daughter like to the t she knows just about everything at football i, I also coach a youth kids uh, mm-hmm. a football academy that i started up mm-hmm. and my daughter is like one of the captains of her team like just because she knows everything like yes. if somebody's not aligned right i'll tell her and then she'll be like what are you doing like move over here you got him you know like she she just knows but yeah. i think that's just a part of her mm-hmm. her her childhood yeah so what she grew up around right that's yes. what she knows and you know i just feel like by all the things that i do by living my life the way that i mm-hmm. live it's just gives my kids the best opportunity to in whatever they want to be right yeah. and whatever they want to do maybe it's in sports maybe it's not in sports but they mm-hmm. they just can recognize and understand the work ethic that yeah. it takes to to be successful in yes. whatever it is that they want to be successful at yes definitely i mean keep doing all of the great things that you're doing i mean is there anything you want to share that's upcoming for you and i don't know if you're accepting like 
new clients but i see it on your story sometimes you know how do people contact you if they really want to start training and all of that yeah through uh, my instagram is probably the best way either my personal one uh mighty mo mm-hmm. or uh my business page uh the training page uh warriors den okay yeah contact me through that mm-hmm. month to month is kind of different because we're limited on space yes but and right now like our classes is pretty full <laughs> hopefully you know moving forward or looking to partner up with um mm-hmm with the complex it's a mm-hmm. new complex coming up in Waipau and uh, mm-hmm. if all things go right then I'll be looking to run my training out of their facility yeah I mean hopefully you know the goal is to now that I've kind of established myself mm-hmm. is to make that next move right mm-hmm. and I feel like we should all be shooting for something yep. you know whatever it is in your life yes you need to have a target and when you reach that target have un- set another one because yeah. like I was saying earlier like if 40 there's 40 more years of life like Mm -hmm. i think the worst thing for humans is being stagnant Mm -hmm. we just always want to you gotta shoot for something yes right if you're not shooting for something then you're just wasting time right (laughs) time's just going by it's like you know always challenge yourself i think Mm -hmm. and and that's where i'm at right now is Mm -hmm. i i've set this goal to to run this training to Mm -hmm. share my knowledge in um health and fitness and now it's now how can i make that take that to the next level yes and you know hopefully that's getting a bigger space so i can impact more people and help more people that's uh yeah that's all that's going on right now at the warriors den <laughs> and uh for myself training and hopefully you know mm-hmm. can continue to inspire and spread spread the you know spread the good vibes of health and fitness yes you definitely are and will in the future i'll put all of the contact info in the show notes what about for your football academy how uh, can people reach out for that and any, anything that yeah you got going i mean on, also yeah. the football academy is also through instagram uh okay. it's the best way the football academy this year has been rough you know yeah, the yeah. covid has really shut that down because parks are closed mm-hmm. and man it's hard i mean you know i was supposed to be coaching one little football at this time yes. and you, you, yeah. you just can't do anything yeah. with parks and kids and big groups you know mm-hmm. so i feel like that's why 2020 has been more about the den and training yes. personally and those kind of small things uh, just because that's all we're really allowed to do right now yeah. Yeah. but i i mean but still you know with all these things being shut down you got to find a way to do something right yes. and i think that's uh was able to do that but hopefully 2021 life's back to normal <laughs> yeah. hawaii football academy's back up that's just another avenue that i can help to inspire mm-hmm. and coach kids and you know help to develop mm-hmm. young athletes and the instagram handle for that is hawaii football academy correct got it we'll put that in the show notes too but everyone go check it out i mean you know it's i gotta make it out to your your house one day <laughs> and run through some circuits but your stuff is really good you're helping a lot of people inspiring a lot of people and i know that you have a a lot to look forward to in the future you know whether that's training whether that's coaching football whether it's doing football clinics it's great to see everything that you have done to give back to that next generation yeah any last words or words of wisdom you shared so many good things today uh no i just thank you for the opportunity having me on the show man it's a blessing to be here and be able to just share my story a little bit hopefully hopefully we've impacted somebody's life you know and yes. if one person heard this that can help them to do whatever make a change, make, make a change what, yeah. um go for their next goal mm-hmm. 
to refocus on the little things that you can control whatever it is i mean that's why you have this thing right to help yes that's what i'm all about right helping out helping out somebody else man yes there's so many things we we could share we we got to do a part two one day you know? <laughs> i look forward <laughs> we, to it yeah we gotta uh i know you're busy you got stuff to do and we'll we'll leave it on that note but thank you so much for joining me great to hear your story uh catching up again and then i look forward to everything that you're going to do in the future thanks so much thanks for having me <laughs>